Welcome to Behind the Backline, the podcast where we chat with merchants, brands, and industry professionals in the musical instrument, pro audio, and event technology space about their products, services, industry trends, stories, and more. Join us now as we dig into the stories behind our favorite backline gear. Welcome to Behind the Backline. I'm Matt Jacoby, founder of Active Media, an inbound marketing agency focused on helping music merchants develop an automated solution to increase website sales. Today, I am speaking with Jack Schwartz from Desert Sun Musical Instruments. Thanks for joining me today, uh, Jack. Yeah, it's nice to be here, Matt. Um, I appreciate you inviting me on this. Yeah, it was, it was great getting a chance to meet you at NAMM, and uh, I'm glad to have you back today. So. It's uh, it's a pleasure always. I enjoy our conversations. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, tell us a little about a little bit about who you are and what Desert Sun does. Well, Desert Sun Musical Instruments uh, is a high-end boutique custom guitar uh, builder. Uh, we have our flagship brand, which is Fano Guitars, uh, which has actually been around for about eight or nine years. Um, we acquired that brand back in January of 2017, and uh, we've taken it from where it was and kind of refined the product, redefined the product as well as refining it, really making sure that we're delivering a high-end product. And we also are an OEM for a couple, uh, a couple of other companies, one of them being Aero 3 Guitars and the other being Strandberg Guitars for their USA custom. But let's talk about Fano a little bit. You want to know a little bit about what our company does. One of the things that's unique about Desert Sun Musical Instruments is that although we offer production uh, technologies and methodologies, we are basically a custom builder building one guitar at a time. One builder builds one guitar. And so my background, uh, I was with Fender Musical Instruments for over 30 years. Uh, as an executive, um, when I retired, had the opportunity to buy this company, and uh, we decided to take kind of a combination of learning the production or corporate approach to manufacturing with high-end technology such as CNCs and such, um, and some of the uh, marketing approaches, but incorporating old-school craftsmanship and uh, every one of our builders is a certified luthier that went to the Roberto Venn School of Luthieri, uh, was highly trained, went through uh, another uh, long training process with us. So we build very nice, high-end custom guitars that are still affordable. Very cool. Um, you know, you know, coming from a place like Fender, um, what what kind of sets uh, you know what you've seen for over thirty years? What kind of sets um, the the uh, Fano guitars apart from a Fender, in your opinion? Well, what's unique about the Fano guitars and why I fell in love with them is that let's face it, we have two or three staples in our industry. Fender being one of them. Uh, I would say that. 75% of your working guitar players out there have a Fender in their arsenal or have a Gibson, which is the other iconic brand, in their arsenal. What Fano does is we approach it that we are an alternative guitar to uh, a guy that might have a Telecaster or Stratocaster or Les Paul a 335. We offer a, a guitar that's got a different voice, a little different feel. Um, 
our products um, are offered in either a uh, what we call a medium distressed uh, finish, which means that it's artificially already kind of broken in, worn in, or an NOS, which means new old stock. So a lot of our guitars are based on someone having an older vintage guitar that has a different approach. It's kind of a mash between some of the Gibson and Rickenbacker and Fender things, offering customers a different voice. And we've worn them so very much the way Levi took the approach. Uh, you know, if you remember when Levi first came out, boy, you had to wash those things and beat them against rocks <laughs> and all kinds of things before you could literally walk in them. And then they came out with the concept of stone washed, where you put the jeans on and you felt like you'd been wearing them for, for years. That's kind of the approach with our guitars. We get, because we're a small company, we're able to focus on those small details to really provide an instrument that offers a musician a different voice with very high quality, very high tonal aspects, playability, comfortability, uh, things like that. Very cool. And like how, um, how well have they been accepted by um, uh, anywhere from local musicians to national acts? Um, I mean, how, uh, what kind of um, uh, market do you have right now? Well, that's something that we're really proud of. Uh, we're still, like I said, we're still a very small company. And so we're not as well known or visible or recognizable uh, to the mainstream audience out there. It's one of the reasons that's one of our challenges that we continue to work on. But the thing that's uh, unique and um, really gratifying to us is that I would say 95% of the artists who are playing our guitars came to us. Um, we have not gone out and tried to uh, obtain artists or get artists and say, hey, you know, you should check this out or whatever. It's usually them calling us and saying, wow, a friend of mine showed me one of these and I really love it. Love to talk to you guys. Um, we also don't give away guitars. We're, we're so small. We can't, uh, unlike, say, sports where, you know, Nike will sign uh, a endorsee and provide him tennis shoes and ads and, and finances. We, uh, we work with our artists to share things like social media, uh, to share things like announcements of new uh, music that they're putting out there or if they're going to be on TV shows. Uh, but to give you an example of some of the artists that are using our products um, that we keep in real close contact, Kings of Leon, Death Cab for Cutie. If you watch Saturday Night Live, Jared Sharp is playing one of our guitars. Uh, a, 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 lot of the, a lot of the shows. Um, if you watch Seth Meyers at night, uh, Seth Jabour, who's the guitar player for Seth Meyers in the uh, 8G band, is playing one of our guitars. Fred Armisen, who's the drummer and the leader of the band, actually plays one of our guitars when he plays guitars. Um, we have Dory LaBelle on The Voice, who's, which is a very popular show. Uh, it's They're being played. The Goo Goo Dolls, uh, two of the, the players on the, the Goo Goo Dolls, including uh, John Resnick, uh, he was on the Macy's Day Parade, and here he was playing one of our guitars, uh, loud and proud, so to speak. So we've, uh, boys to men, it's very diversified um, across the board, and we have some signature artists like Jimmy Leahy, who uh, has played with John Waite, uh, plays with the Dennis DeYoung Young Band. 
uh, Jen Oberly, who uh, plays with Vertical Horizon and is a top studio musician in LA, or Steve Fiquette, who's the guitar player for Gwen Stefani. So we've had some of our competitors say buy time or buy visibility on a float on the Macy's Day Parade or on a show, the Today Show or whatever. And our artists are providing that. On the Macy's Day Parade, we had both Gwen Stefani and the Goo Goo Dolls. And so we had our guitars very prominently viewed. So, uh, and our, our artists are very passionate about it. So for example, uh, for example Matt Folliwell um, might be on tour in Europe and at 3 a.m. in the morning, he'll call um, Chad Hines, who's our business development artist relations guy. Uh, he'll call him and go, hey, man, I was playing this and I saw this and I heard this. What do you think about this? And can I do this? Uh, so there's a real friendship relationship as well. We work very closely with our artists because we're a small company. Um, there's not a bunch of layers that you have to get through. It's directly to us. Some of the guys will call me direct. They'll call Chad. Uh, they stop in here when they're on tour. A um, couple of the guys for Death Cab for Cutie came in, said, hey, guys, we just want to visit, say hey, visit the shop, see what you guys are doing. We're going to be there a half hour to an hour. Um, and we're going to tell you right now, we've reached our maximum on buying more guitars. We're carrying quite a few already. They spent four and a half hours here, and their tour manager had to finally usher them out. And they took a couple of guitars with them that they purchased right on the spot and said, we can't leave without these. <laughs> so it's that kind of passion. Um, everybody here is a musician. And in fact, my entire band works here. My drummer works here. My bass player works here. My singer works here. And all of us are passionate about playing guitars. Um, we all are active musicians, players. So we tend to put that into the instruments and how we handle our relationships. That's incredible. Or that one hell of a story. I mean, the the lineup you've you've just listed that uses the guitars and 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 the fact that your your whole band uh, works there. I mean, that just that's a, just a great story of like you know being being passionate about what you do, creating quality products, and having people who who rally around it naturally. Well, I was fortunate enough to um, to have working relationships and friendships with um, with some of the founders at Fender. Um, I got to spend a little bit of time with Leo Fender, but was very good friends with Bill Carson and Freddie Tavares. Uh, who were main staples of those early 50s uh, Fender guitars. I was also very lucky to be one of the first employees when um, the, the newer regime of Bill Schultz and his team took over uh, Fender and purchased Fender in 1985. In early 1986, I came back and as they started U.S. production, I was one of the first seven or eight people there. And got to really know these people and the passion that they put into it and watch them grow as an industry. And one of the things that was so amazing for me, a lot of these guys, uh, uh, a guy like Dan Smith, who uh, is legendary in our in industry on guitars and was one of the uh, main driving forces at Fender, especially in those early days. I got to learn from these guys and mentor from these guys and and see what was important. So from a production standpoint, from a passion standpoint, I got to learn what was uh, the driving things. To be honest with you, I learned all the great things that you can do and what musicians want. Being a musician myself, of course, I always put my personal uh, touch on that. But I also learned as the company grew, 
where they had some of their struggles, things they had to fight and overcome. And so I was able to take that and bring it into our company so that we wouldn't have those obstacles. So um, the thing that's great and something I'm very proud of is when customers get our guitars, they're usually blown away that they actually exceed their expectations. And same thing with the musicians that are playing them. So I, I think when you're delivering above and beyond um, what a customer is looking for sonically, playability-wise, quality, consistency, adjustability, all those things. When you provide those to a customer, you know, um, it's what helps grow your brand. It's what helps uh, solidify, and it's the satisfying part of, uh, of, of what we do. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I mean, that you need that you need to love that and and have that to to um, survive in a in an industry that's dominated by, like you said, two or three main iconic brands and and especially for you know where it's kind of like some of these you know it, whether it's drums or guitars or anything these days where it's kind of like it's a a craft brewing thing where it's coming out where you're a small fish in a a pond of larger um, brands like that. You really have to set yourself. Um, apart from all of them and really have that, that drive that you guys really do seem to have. Well, thank you. Uh, one of the things I like to look at is I like to look at other industries. You know, um, I try to avoid the commodities type products because, you know, those are products that um, the people have to have in order to, uh, you know, function in their lives. And, uh, and, you know, I mean, Look, you know, there are a lot of things having to do with, you know, whether it be clothing or food or things like that. And, and we can learn from all those industries. But what I really kind of fashion and, and watch closely is what some of the lifestyle companies do. So, uh, for example, bicycles or alcohol. You know, um, one of my I'm an old classic rocker. I'm a big Sammy Hagar fan. And, uh, and you know, there are hundreds if not thousands of different rums out there or tequilas and yet sammy hagar found something that was unique found a way to market it use his notoriety and his fame to get visibility but ultimately at the end of the day the product has to deliver Mm -hmm. so for me I, i try to follow the same thing the product has to deliver we have to provide a compelling product. Uh, I use the term around here a lot. Um, A reason to believe or a reason to buy. You know, we have to have something unique, something of incredible quality where people go, wow, I can't believe I just got this for this amount of money. And it fits into my lifestyle. Um, We know that not everybody is a musician out there. Uh, There's a lot of people getting into that, uh, contrary to what people say, you know, I've got grandchildren and they and their friends, there are aspirations for them to play a musical instrument. Um, might not be guitar, it might be drums, it might be trumpet, you know, um, but there's an interest in music. And I think one of the things that has been kind of lost in our industry sometimes is that, um, that passion to, um, show them why we build guitars, why, you know, there's a reason that the violin has literally survived for centuries. Mm-hmm. And the guitar will do the same as long as you are providing an instrument 
that gives that person a unique voice. Yeah, it's definitely a great, you know, I've never, I've only known to me today, I only know three chords and power chords. I'm a drummer. I, I can't say that I'm, you know, I'm in that, that camp, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I totally understand that, you know, everyone's got to have a way to express them. So um, in terms of uh, like you had said that Fennel was um, technically acquired. Um, That's correct. Do you know, um, like, uh, since you guys didn't necessarily create it from scratch, but I assume there's some inspiration as to why the product still exists or, you know, why did the original owners create it? Was there kind of a a story uh, behind it coming to coming to light in the first place? Absolutely. So um, like I said, the Fano guitars um, have been around probably um, for eight or nine years. And I think what made the guitar uh, so appealing and so unique is that the original designer um, took inspiration from all of the different iconic brands, uh, whether it be Fender or Gibson, uh, Rickenbacker. He took inspiration, however, did not create. There are a lot of Me Too companies out there that they do their own version of what the iconic brands. And these were kind of, you know, for lack of better term, mashups where he took different parts of those iconic instruments into a new instrument. And I got uh, brought into the Fano world um, actually about a year or so before um, I had the opportunity to to buy it. And uh, they had gone through several different uh, management and um, construction changes, different people coming in and out of the fray. Uh, without getting into details, uh, I was brought in to help stabilize the manufacturing. Um, with my manufacturing background, um, I was able to come in and really focus on the quality, consistency, deliverability, um, and also from a financial standpoint, you know, we haven't talked about that a lot. Um, find a way to build a high-end custom instrument, but not have it have a high-end custom pricing. Mm -hmm. So for example, we have our standard lines of guitars and within those models, all of them map or a minimum advertised price because in the music industry, we've gone away from manufactured suggested retail or MSRP. We've gone away from that to what they call a map pricing. And I'm not going to get into the details of why they did that, but that's basically where our industry goes right now. So we have our standard line um, that map out at $19.99, so under the $2,000 mark. However, they're still all built by one builder, one guitar at a time. They feature such things as nitro, very thin nitrocellulose finish, the way the early Gibsons and the early Fenders were, were made. Um, we do the distressing on them. Um, we have very high fit and finish with a lot of modern things like different compound radiuses and uh, higher technology in the uh, in the electronics. So you got great sounding pickups. Every one of our pickups are proprietary to us, where we actually sat as musicians and voiced the pickups that would go into each guitar. Um, all of the fretwork, the level of detail that goes into the fretwork and how the necks are made and how they adjust and what the setup is on them. 
all those things were able to spend a lot of time and focus that a lot of these other companies can't. And so that's kind of, we took the design inspiration and a lot of the great things that they were doing and then improved upon them uh, with execution on the details of how we made the guitars. That is incredible, <laughs> especially from someone who has no, no idea about anything about guitars. You know, that that just sounds so intricate and so involved. It's, it's, it's Well, crazy. you're a drummer, right? Yeah, I am. You're a drummer. I am. So you know that um, if a drum does not have a good sounding multiply rim, mm-hmm. you know, if it doesn't have really good bearing edges underneath the head, if you're not putting the right heads and they're not voiced well and they're not built well, it may be a really sturdy instrument, but it's not going to provide you either a unique sound that's going to sound a little bit different. It's also not going to have that look, that vibe, but ultimately not the performance. And when it comes down to music, it's all in the performance. Now, imagine if you could get a drum that provided you everything that a top-line drum would give you, proper bearing edges, proper multiplied, say, you know, a 10-plied birch uh, tom and the right sizing and the right heads and the right voicing. And out of the box, you picked it up and just had to tune the head a little bit. And you had this great custom-sounding tom, but you could get it at pricing that was competitive with other companies that were doing their production line versions. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you be drawn to that that piece of instrumentation? Uh, definitely. I mean, just knowing how many um, drums come off, you know, uh, overseas production lines and where the, the, the quality has gone. And I, I've had this conversation with a premium drum maker and knowing that that is a difficult market for a drum to be in, um, that drummers prefer presentation over sound, which I wouldn't completely disagree with. Um, but yeah, you, know, you can't generalize like that, Matt. Yeah, I think no. <laughs> with any, look, there are, there is a certain faction in every musical instrument, uh, where the visual and, and even in music, I mean, you know, I, I played in the LA area during the eighties where it was all, all show and no go, so to speak, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really don't believe that the mass group of people that are musicians that sure there's a there's an aesthetic thing i mean our guitars have to look good there has to be a visual appeal Mm -hmm. however it has to deliver on so many other aspects it's the same thing and i'll again using other um industries bottom line is a car can look incredible but if it won't get you where you want to go and doesn't do so economically comfortably you know the delivery on it you know who would want to buy a Ferrari that, you know, drove like a, like an old Willie's Jeep, you know, um, bottom line is there's so many aspects of it. And the same thing with a musical instrument there, there is a visual aspect to it. It has to have a cool factor, which I believe all of our guitars do, mm-hmm. uh, but there has to be a performance value as well. Yeah, no, definitely. And you, you can't, and, and like I was saying with a couple of people regarding drums, you can't rely solely on the sound guy to fix the problem. The, the, the uh, quality has to start at the, at the actual instrument. <laughs> yep. So, you know, you brought up, you know, uh, manufacturing offshore and I spent um, probably the last 10 years of my career at Fender. Uh, I spent visiting over 39 factories over in Asia 
And if anybody doesn't think that these companies are getting better and better and more competitive, better open their eyes. Um, the thing that makes our US made guitars so desirable is because we keep all of those other companies in our rear view mirror, seeing where they are, what they're offering at the price and going, okay, we need to be competitive, not just in pricing, but in our deliverability of what we're delivering for that price. So for example, if an Asian company could offer the exact same model that we do for say 1099 rather than 1999, we better give the customer a reason why that extra $900, he's getting so much more for that $900. As soon as you start saying, oh, well, that's offshore, you know, that's made in Asia, that's made offshore, whatever, you know, it's, it's not the quality you would be remiss. And as a business owner, as a, as a, as a manager of a company, if you do that, you're heading down the wrong path, in my opinion. Um, and uh, I've seen U.S. manufacturers make that mistake in many industries. I think, you know, if you take companies like Toyota and Honda, I think they taught U.S. car manufacturers a lot. I believe it. And the music industry is the same way. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm sure, sure the stereotype is um, hanging around longer than um, for, for a lot of industries than, than, um, than we even realize. And we're, we're going to start to get lost in that if we don't uh, keep up with the changing times, which is well, true and for everything. You start talking to younger people. I mean, even younger than the millennials out there, you know, like I said, I, I, Keep touch, you know, I've got uh, a couple of grandsons that are, uh, you know, 11 and 13 years old. And I ask them not only about when I'm recording music and writing songs, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? But also, you know, what do you think about this being made in China or this being made in uh, Korea or this being made in India or this being made in Canada or this being made in Germany? Does any of that matter for you? And ultimately, what it comes down to is, what are you getting for the dollar? For the money you're spending, what are the features and benefits of the product? What does it offer you? You know, and, and what is the quality? How long is it going to last? And what's the potential resale value? You know, if, if I have this, um, this Samsung Galaxy S6 as opposed to an S9 and I'm going to the S9, does that S6 still retain any value? Uh, the answer to that is yes, it does, because there are still people that are not ready to step up to the brand new model that would love to have one or two generations, very much like used cars. Mm -hmm. And so there is a retention of value. And there are other products that are throwaway products that don't, um, you know, without naming names, but there are, you know, entry level instruments made by a multitude of manufacturers that once you've bought that product and played it for a while, there's no in, any intrinsic value. And so for, you know, for example, if you need fret work on it, or in the case of drums, you need to have the, the edges, you know, redone, it's not worth investing the money into it. You might as well just go buy another one. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of, I, I call it my, my toaster, my toaster uh, theory. You know, you go out and buy a toaster and you use it until you don't. And then when it stops and it starts burning your toast and doesn't work well, you throw it away and you get another <laughs> toaster. You don't take it to a repair guy and go, can you fix my toaster? Because it has intrinsic value <laughs> and, it, and it's a family heirloom, you know. 
I don't Where have I a lot of musical instruments. Come on, you know. I don't have a whole I've lot of Clapton's guitar going for two hundred and eighty thousand dollars. You know. Oh wow, yeah. I, I can't see my gold-plated toaster going for that kind of price anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Well, aside from um, obviously, you guys build them one at a time. Um, uh, so I'm guessing uh, that they're probably only available directly from you, or do you guys actually distribute anywhere? Um, we have global dealers. Okay. So um, we have dealers throughout the U.S. We have a lot of international dealers. So one of our biggest markets, believe it or not, is in Japan. Hmm. Uh, our Japanese dealer uh, is, you know, adding more and more to his orders every month. And uh, when we saw him at NAM, he was excited um, because um, they've captured the uh, the imagination of a lot of the Japanese players who uh, have such a multitude of uh, different options, but they've realized that this gives them a different voice, a different look, different feel, and um, and they've really taken off. Domestically, you know, here in the U.S., you can buy them directly through our website. So in areas, say, in the Midwest, you know, like Montana, South Dakota, Iowa, we don't have as many dealers in those areas. So we had to offer the product online as well so that People that want to buy our products can get it, and they can get it directly from us. Uh, internationally, we have great coverage, uh, and then we have a lot of uh, you know major dealers around the country uh, that also handle um, and and sell and offer our guitars. And that uh, roster of of dealers is uh, is growing all the time. So we just added three or four more dealers uh, in the past two weeks, for example. So. Um, we're available in in both ways. Wow. Okay. That's that was super misleading. So the fact that you guys can make guitars one by one by hand and have that kind of um, coverage is must. You definitely have got a lot of uh, uh, power and knowledge behind that. Your your um your 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 time at Fender has definitely paid off for this kind of thing. I suppose. <laughs> well, yes, it has. And in fact, I even went one step further. Um, Three others. So we have eight people here in our shop and office, and three others are former uh, Fender employees as well. Okay, so you you guys are all kind of familiar with how it was done and how you want to do it. Huh? <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. That's very cool. Well, um, quick uh, last quick thing. Um, what's your website so that uh, people can find out more about your product? Um, it's www.fanoguitars.com. Um, we're also on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. Uh, so if people want to go visit our, uh, Facebook page, we're constantly posting pictures of everyday people who, uh, who play our guitars as well as a lot of the artists. Uh, one of our new artists, uh, was just on the today show the other day. And so we've got a, a clip of, uh, of the band that he's playing with and, and their appearance on the today show, um, you know, we're very active in social media. And like I said, uh, our website is very robust. And if you see something to your liking, you can buy it right there. Uh, we also offer a lot of our parts and accessories. Uh, so uh, for those people that already own our products and they want to get some different pickups or they want to get a new pick guard or they want to, you know, maybe they bought the guitar with a gig bag but want to buy a case. Uh, we offer all those things on our website as well. And what's nice is you can go on our website and see uh, videos of some of the artists that are playing our guitars. Um, you can go on there. We have a social media page, so you can see where all the links to that. So 
it's it's really a central location. Again, that's www.fanoguitars.com. And we'd love for you to visit us, and we'd love it even more for you to check out our guitars. Awesome. That That is the best plug ever. And I will also put a link to um, that as well as um, some of your social media on the um, show notes after we get it published. So great. And we will do the same. Now um, I wanted to thank you. Uh, I love having opportunities to talk about our products, uh, to talk about our company. And I really appreciate uh, you giving me that opportunity. Like I said at NAM. Uh, I really enjoy our conversations. Yeah, I, I had a great time talking to you too. It was uh, it covered a lot of ground and I'm glad I got you to uh, think about a few things after we had uh, reconnected via email. So, <laughs> so yeah, I appreciate it again. Um, thank you for listening to Behind the Backline brought to you by Octave Media. You can find Octave Media at www.octave.media. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes to learn more about great products and leave a review to let us know what you thought of today's episode. We encourage you to share us with your friends and colleagues via social media, and we'll see you next time. Take care.